Amen. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're almost done with our Corinthian series. In fact, I'll wrap it up next week on chapter 16. Um, and I'm excited about what, how Paul comes to this place and it kind of s- sets right in what God is doing here at Cornerstone and what he's calling us to do. Um, even some of the things that went on even this morning during worship and the words. Remember that 1 Corinthians is a corrective letter. By the way, you can follow along with me on the notes on, your, on our app. But this is a corrective letter. So Paul is correcting some things in this church. church was full of sin, and especially sexual sin. This church was uh, using the gifts wrongly. They were actually taking communion wrong, and there was fighting. There was, there, remember, these, um, these were churches that were in houses because... Um, it was, uh, they didn't really have, the church didn't have a building of its own. And so they would meet once in a while um, uh, together, all together. Um, but they were, they were different house churches and different ministers and pastors. And, and so they, there was a lot of uh, uh, division that was going on because of some of sin, because of focusing on the wrong things too much of selfishness. Now, remember, anytime you and I get selfish, sin enters in. It's just, it's just, uh, it just, we just open the door up for sin, right? Because when, uh, that's what's, what's what happens. When you're selfish, when you look inward, sin comes in. This is what was happening. So this is a corrective letter, and Paul has corrected a lot of things. Remember, there is a chap, there's a uh, second Corinthians because they didn't get it the first one but anyway we'll go there one day um, so the last two chapters is to bring them off the errors and to bring to, to what's really important and they became because they became selfish in their beliefs and that's why they were in error and uh, and so and so he talks about the gospel here and so what is the gospel the word gospel means good news it's all about Jesus all about what Jesus did and the even the church today can get messed up in this area. So I did 1 Corinthians again because I felt like the body of Christ is like this in America today in a lot of ways. And uh, they've allowed selfishness to come in. You know, we, um, we, we always are wanting, wanting, wanting. It's all about me, me, me. Give me, give me, give me. I want this and this and this. And, and that's not what Paul lays out. It's I die. It's no longer I, if you read in his writings, that live. But who? Christ lives in me. We talked about love a few weeks ago. It's love is the most important thing. The love of God and us loving others. That's what's important. And so a lot of times we've lost this basic meaning of the gospel. And that's what was happening to the church here in, in Corinth. Is that they lost the meaning of the gospel. What does the gospel mean? What's the importance of the gospel? And so when it all boils down to it, here comes Paul in chapter 15, kind of laying out the basics of the gospel. And so Paul seeks to answer this question in, in chapter 15. Now, um, I want you to get out your Bibles because um, they're only going to go through verse 8. Guys, I may read a lot of this chapter. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. If you don't have your Bibles and you have your phone, um, open it up to or click the Bible app. If you don't have a Bible app, Download it now, and, um, and let's get going, okay? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 1. I don't really know how this is going to go. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I've got 
different things going on in my mind right now and how to take this. So we'll just see how the Holy Spirit leads me. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. That's how he starts this out. I want to remind you of the good news that I preach to you. So remember, one of the, the things that, that they were going through, who do we follow? Who's more important? Who is better? Who is better? And is Apollos better? Is Cephas or Paul, uh, Peter better? Is, is, uh, is, is Paul better? I mean, that, that's what they were going through, okay? He says, I, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preach to you. I started this. He says, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. So this is, I'm bringing you back to the right thing because you've gotten off. I'm bringing you back to this by which you stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. So he says, I, I, this, is, this, is, this word that I preach to you, this good news this gospel is about Jesus. We'll talk about it here in a minute. I preached to you, and you held firmly to this word that I preached to you. Otherwise, you have, you have believed in vain. You've gone off. For what I have received, I pass on to you as first importance. You need to underline that. First importance. This is the most important thing. Nothing's deeper than this. There is nothing deeper in the word than this. There is nothing better in the word. And we have treated it as elementary. It's not elementary. This is what you have, this is what you stand on. He's saying this. I stand on this. And we've taken these other things and making the, oh, this is the deeper part of the word. No, this is it. Out of this, everything comes out of. But this is it. If you lose sight of this, you believed in vain. This is the first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. <laughs> he died for our sins according to scriptures. This is what begins to happen. And, and I've, I've, been, I've been saved since 1983. I've seen a lot. Some of you have been saved more. You've seen a lot. Some of you have been seen, saved less, and you've seen a lot. And this is what begins to happen. We enter into selfishness and pride and we think we've made it almost in ourselves, in our own ability because of the giftings that we have. And this is what was happening in Corinth. And, the, and, and he's saying, you have nothing. I am nothing without this. Christ died for our sins according to Scripture that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to Scripture and that he appeared to Cephas. Cephas was, was Peter. It's just another name for Peter. And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So some had uh, passed away. That's what they called it. Some had fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also to one who abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. 
No, I, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. But if it was preached that Christ had been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So you see what's happening. And this is what happens, and this is what's happening even in the body of Christ today. When selfishness gets in, and it's all about me, and it's all about my gifts, it's all about my ability, it's all about me. I want, 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 want. And we've become a consumer Christianity in, in America today. What begins to happen, we begin to create the doctrine that cultivates our lifestyle. Our doctrine is based on what we want and what we desire, not what the Word of God says. And this is what's happening. He says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, so they must not believe that there was a, even a resurrection of Jesus, or there is a coming resurrection of the dead. He said, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And, it, and you still are in your sins. And then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the death comes also through a man. For as in, in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come, and when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominions, authority, and power, for he must reign until he has put his enemies under his feet, the last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says that everything has been put under, under him, it's clear that it does not mean include God himself who put everything under Christ. And when he has done this, the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be in all, be all in all. Now, if there's no resurrection, what, those, what will those who do who are baptized for the dead if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? He says, I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for we, tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God, and I say this to your shame. Wow. He's calling us back to something. Now, Paul goes on and talks about the resurrection of the dead a little bit more, but I want you to go down to verse 51. He says, listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash 
in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must be clothed, it must close itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I love that. That was good. Come on, give the Lord praise for that word. As you can see, Paul was carefully to lay out the basics of the gospel, element by element. And Paul says, I pass on to you as most important also that what I also received. He said, I received this and I passed it on to you. And this is importance, number one, the importance of a particular gospel. Because people can make up their own gospel. Right? You can make up your own things in the word of God all you want. But Paul's bringing them back. This is what I want you to focus on. This is the first thing. And Paul begins to, to, talk, to proclaim this. He begins to speak about the gospel. And this one particular, and he explains the elements of what's in here. Because the Corinthians began to lose sight and began to have divisions on other issues. And Paul says, bring it back. I want you to come back to this powerful thing. He says, I want to make it clear to you. He says, I, the gospel I preach you, the one that, that one that you receive, that I receive, the one you have taken your stand on, the one by which you are being saved, the one I pass on to you, the one I receive, this is the one I taught you. You started to focus on other things. You started to, to, to focus on other things that, and not filtering through this gospel, through, filtering through Jesus, and you got into error, you got into pride, and uh, it started to seep into you, and you got into sin. But Paul says that Christ died for our sin according to Scripture. And this is accordance to the prophecy given to us in the Old Testament. And this is what he said. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life without sin. This is the gospel. Jesus was falsely accused. Jesus was crucified for our sins. He took on your sin, my sin, past, present, and future on himself. This is the gospel. He didn't have to. He did it freely. We didn't ask him to. No one asked him to do this. He did it freely for you and I. Because it was the only way. Because mankind was going to hell. And he loved us so much that he didn't want us to see that happen. He was crucified. He died for our sins. He died a gruesome death. And then he was buried. And three days later he rose again. He rose again and he appeared. Not only appeared to Peter, he appeared to the other apostles. He appeared to over 500 other people. And people saw him. He even appeared to James, his brother. We don't think James was really a follower of Jesus until this time. And then James became and took over uh, Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem. And then those 500, over 500 people saw him ascend into heaven. You know what that sent him in? He floated up into heaven. 
And they saw that. And they saw that glorious. And now he baptizes, Jesus baptizes us with his Holy Spirit today to do, to be like him, to be a representative of him, and to be, and to do the things that he did, he wants us to do now. Amen? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. He changed everything. He transforms us into his image and his likeness. He makes us act like him, talk like him, think like him. That's the gospel of Jesus. I am no longer my own old self any longer. I am now able to live like I was always created to be. Because of Jesus. That's the gospel. That's why throughout the Bible it talks about how we are not of this world. We have been transformed. We're not like that anymore. We're not part of this sinful world any longer. You have been transformed. You are in a new family. You have a new way of life. You have a new way of being. You have a new way of thinking. You have a new way of understanding. You have been transformed and now you have where you are powerless, you have now power. Where you, are, where you are hopeless, you have hope. Where you had no love, you have love. Where you had no joy, you have joy. You have something to base it on. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on what's going on out there. It's based on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't know. Man, that makes me happy. <laughs> That's the gospel. I am healed. I have hope. I have joy. I am blessed. I am no longer cursed because he took the curse away from me. You are not cursed any longer. So when the enemy talks to you and says things about you and about your former way of life, he is lying. He's trying to talk you out of the abundant life that God gave you. That's a particular gospel. We have to remember that. But we have to remember we did nothing to deserve it. Nothing. I did nothing to deserve it. That's the gospel. That's why I should be so thankful I had nothing. And if you think you are doing all you can and you're being a good person and you, you have all these gifting and you think that, that, that you're it, you believe the lie. He is everything. And I am nothing without him. I can't do nothing without him. I need him. And that's where the Corinthians were getting off. They thought they were all that. In fact, Paul says that you lack no spiritual gifts. But there was something missing. See, when we accept the gospel, the good news, not only do we receive all this great things, this greatness, but it has to come because of humility. I am so thankful. <laughs> you lose sight of thankfulness and gratefulness. Pride gets in. And you leave the gospel for something else. We leave it for something else. Something that the only power that it has is death and destruction. But when we realize how great 
Jesus is and what he did for us. Then we can receive the power of this gospel. This gospel is powerful. This particular gospel is powerful. It can change lives. Paul says that the Corinthians are taking their stand on this gospel. They are being saved by this gospel. People are being transformed by this gospel. Their sins are no longer, it has no power over them. It is a powerful gospel. And it's important that we never forget the power of this gospel. But if we have pride come in and we have selfishness come in, we think there's power in other things. There's no power in anything else but this. This is the powerful word of God. This is the powerful gospel. We should never forget this. We don't deserve this gospel, but he gave it to us. And when we come with humility and we can't come with that understanding and gratefulness, thanksgiving, something powerful can happen in us. Because when you begin to rely on your own strength, and I know what you, you know what I'm talking about because all of us have done it, haven't we? We've all done it. We've gotten into that despair and that agony and we've, we've, we've gotten into that worry and that, and that lack of trust in that and we've tried to fix things on our own and we try to do things on our own and that's when we have, to, we have stepped outside of the gospel and stopped trusting in that and we stopped trusting in other things. When you watch in the news and you become worried and fearful, you've stepped outside of the gospel and started to do things in your own strength and your own ability. We've got to come back and realize, God, you've done everything, and I need you to consume me. I don't need to be concerned, consumed with the natural. I don't need to be consumed with everything else around me. I need to be consumed with him. This gospel has power to change. It's a powerful gospel. The lives of 12 men that decided to follow Jesus only to see him die. They had lost their hope only to see him. What? He rose again he rose from the dead and these 12 men were radically changed the world because they were radically changed by the power of the gospel the gospel was not only displayed in the power of jesus resurrection but it's also displayed in our own lives with the hope that we can be forgiven from our sins with the hope that we can we can be transformed and we've been seeing that you've been transformed i've been transformed Billions of people have been transformed all over this world because of the power of the gospel. This gospel showed us that it has power to even change a brother in James. How many guys have, have siblings? Did they ever follow you and do what you said? I don't think James was like that either until he saw Jesus rise from the dead because he definitely saw him die. But he also saw him again, alive. The gospel demonstrated his power by convincing Paul, a devout, devout Jewish man who had a joy of persecuting and killing Christians. So instead of becoming a persecutor, he became a proclaimer. Instead of killing Christians, he led them to Jesus. He was a doubter, but now he's a defender of the faith. He was moved from a foe of Jesus to a friend of Jesus. 
That's the power of the gospel. No one's too far gone. If the fact they're still walking on this earth, there is still hope for everybody. In fact, rather than him destroying the cause of Christ, he became the most devoted person for the kingdom of God. Many of you can give testimonies of, of Jesus' power and he saved you. There's power in the gospel. The gospel still has power to change lives today. Broken hearts are mended back together today. Dark hearts are brought into the light. Blind eyes see. Hard hearts are softened. Broken families can be healed. Addictive chains are broken. Hate is turned to love. Racism is healed. Apathy is turned to empathy. Bitterness is turned to forgiveness. Greed is turned to generosity. Evil is turned to holiness. Impurity is turned into purity. Enemies of God are turned into sons and daughters of God. All because of the powerful, wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ that he died for you and I and rose on the third day. There's power in the gospel. So no matter how old you are, no matter what you have done, Jesus can change your life. No matter what you're going through, he can change your situation like that. In one moment, he can change it. Some of you may be worried about your situation right now. Give it to the Lord. Because trust me, it can change overnight. Because that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. And we can tell how powerful it is because how it persevered through the centuries. The same gospel is true for us today. It goes from generation to generation, from person to person. That's why Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Last thing he said here in chapter 15, he says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm on what? On the gospel. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. He's he's bringing them back into this. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And Paul said that this gospel is the one he received directly from Jesus himself. He didn't invent the story. And it persevered. The same gospel is the one that Paul passed on to the Corinthians. The apostle took the message of Jesus through all the Middle East, through the Roman Empire, into Asia and Europe and into Africa. It continued to take root all over the world and eventually spreading to the Americas and the Far East and all the way to the southern tip of Africa. It persevered through the persecution of the people of the Lord during the Roman Emperor of Nero. It not only persevered, it thrived. Listen, if you are afraid of what's coming, of persecution, there's no reason to be afraid because the church is going to thrive in it. You have no reason to back down from what you know and what you believe. The church will, will, will thrive in this time because it's about the gospel. It's about loving God and loving others and even loving the people who make fun of you on social media. Amen? Amen. You don't even have to defend yourself because you have the truth. Your job is to love Jesus and to love them. It persevered through the Protestant Reformation, making the richness of the gospel available to an everyday man and woman. It penetrated and persevered through the dark places of oppression 
and oppressive dictatorships like Cuba, China, North Korea, and Iran, where now we have the, the, the fastest growing movements of Christianity in those hard countries. God is moving like never before. And those dictators are afraid. That's why they're killing Christians right now. Look what's happening in Iran. It's not just a movement of just freedom. It's a movement of Jesus. Because that's why they're going into churches and finding them and killing Christians right now. There are thousands of Christians dying today. Because they stand on the word of God. The gospel is persevering. But it's growing like crazy. Amen. We look in our country and we, our, our viewpoint, our worldview is only what we, we live in. And we think, I mean, you, listen, you, you, you heard in 2020, everybody's going away from the church. How many of you guys heard that? It's a lie. Did you know the fastest growing segment coming back to church are millennials? Did you know that? Millennials are coming back to the church like never before. Just a few years ago, they were saying they were leaving the church and getting rid of it. You know, but they have said that about every generation. My generation, they said that the Gen X generation, the greatest generation ever lived. Um, <laughs> that we would never make anything of ourselves. And that they were leaving the church. It's not true. See, the enemy is scared of the power of the gospel of Jesus. Don't believe the lie in the media. Let, let me tell you something. I don't know if you know this. The media is not controlled by Jesus. Right? Don't believe the media. Jesus said this. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. The gospel will persevere. From a small group of dejected and rejected ordinary men who lost their teacher but saw him rise again, persevered. They found out that Jesus is alive, he is risen, and he is baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. The gospel is persevered and is persevering. The gospel is changing lives today. Don't believe that lie. That is not. The church in America has to come back to this for it to grow. We have to stop consumer Christianity. It's not about me. It's about him. And through him, it's about others. It's the only way we can do that. Paul is calling us back to be about the main things. That doesn't mean we don't have gifts of the Spirit operating. We do. But it's all through that, all through Jesus. It's all through his eyes, his love, his understanding. It doesn't mean that uh, we don't do other things. It's all through Jesus. It doesn't mean you can't go on vacation. It's all through Jesus, right? Everything we live and move and have our being in him. Everything we do, never forget the importance of the gospel of Jesus. So what should we do? 
We need to remember. You need to remember the day you got saved. How it changed you. The love that you felt. And how grateful you were. You need to remember that. Never forget that. Grow in your thanksgiving. I mean, this all we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday. Be thankful. Wake up in the morning. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for making me like you, for changing me, for giving me hope. So you begin to come like you, who you hang out with. If you want to be a light, if you want to be, you got to hang out with them. Thank, be thankful. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful. And open your mouth up. One of the greatest ways to be thankful is to let people hear how Jesus changed your life. Be thankful. Share the gospel. Tell people your testimony. Get on social media. You guys, you guys all, listen. You need to find social, and you need to get on it. You need to make a mark. Don't allow social media to go to the ways of the enemy. Don't allow media to go to the ways of the enemy. It's time for us to stand up, to rise up, not to be angry, not to be evil, but to be loving and powerful, Right? And to share the gospel. To show them what Jesus looks like in you. Yes. Yeah, you may not be perfect, but they're going to get a glimpse. Right? Because I'm going to stand up and I'm going to share the gospel online. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to create a YouTube channel. Even if one person hears it out of 20 years, I'm going to be that witness to see that life changed. Tell people your testimony. Invite people to receive the gospel, to receive Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Get on this care portal. What better way? Meet somebody's need and says, listen, there's someone else I want you to meet. And his name is Jesus. And he gave me the ability to give you money today. And without him, I'm nothing. Without him, I wouldn't be here today. But because of him, I can help you and he called me to help you, but also to share, share to him who he is because he loves you and wants you to know him like I know him. And he wants to bless you like he's blessed me. He wants to help you. we got to give it out and give out the gospel. And then we also need to receive the gospel for ourselves. We must allow the good news to penetrate every part of our lives, spirit, soul, and bodies. One of the beauties of the gospel, beautiful thing of the gospel, is that it's not calling us to do something to earn God's favor. It's calling us to trust in what Christ has done and to celebrate that. I am free because of him. I am saved because of him. I'm a born again because of Jesus. I did nothing, nothing. I don't deserve this. I, he did everything. 
the gospel works. If you need healing, the gospel works. If you need encouragement, the gospel works. If you need blessing, the gospel works. If you want to see lives change, the gospel works. If you need mercy, the gospel works. If you need grace, the gospel works. The gospel works. The gospel is powerful. It's persevering. It is particular. It is powerful in our lives, and we need it. And we need to focus on it every day. Your kids need the gospel. You need the gospel. Your grandkids need the gospel. This world needs the gospel of Jesus more than anything else. So let's bow our heads and let's just receive it. Father, right now I receive your word. I receive the good news of Jesus Christ. I receive the gospel of Jesus that Jesus took my sin upon himself that I might live. He died and was punished for my sin, my wrongdoings. He took the punishment so I wouldn't have to. He took the curse so I could be blessed. And I thank you. And I believe in Jesus that he rose again on that third day and that he is Lord. And I make him the Lord of my life. I make him Lord right now in Jesus' name. And you may be online right now. You may be here and you've never done that. You never said that, that I make him the Lord of my life. Listen, he loves you. He is not mad at you. And he wants to come into you and heal you, save you, forgive you, and transform your life. And if you want to do that, just say this to him right now. God, I give you my life. I give you everything. I believe that Jesus is Lord and that he is the Son of God and that he died for me and he took my sin upon himself and he rose again. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my previous life, of my life before this time, and I make a change to follow Jesus right now. And I thank you, Jesus for saving me, for forgiving me, and I will follow him in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen. Thank you for joining us here online to listen to one of our messages here at Cornerstone. We pray that this message minister to you in a powerful way. If you would like to hear more of our messages, go to cornerstonelife.org and click on the message tab that's at the top. We pray that you have a great day and a great week. And if you need anything, we are here for you.